Hello, hello, my friends. I am Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. I want to share with you something. I actually was startled by when they called me from the studio. I was so engrossed in listening to this show that comes right before me called Leeds Story Stories by Patrice Lead. Somehow, I was so interested in what they were talking about that I completely forgot about everything. I forgot about the weather. I forgot about the fan that is rotating here. And then suddenly I hear this call from uh, from the studio and I think, who's calling? What's going on? Uh, actually, it's a wonderful, wonderful show. And uh, Atrice Lead is basically teaching me how to do uh, radio interviews uh, because you know that I do this for the first time. So, uh, and, and it's a really wonderful show that she's running and she's quite objective, doesn't interrupt anyone and let people with different views express themselves. I love the show. Anyway, uh, today I'm going to talk again, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I do not have a guest, though I promised last time, uh, last week when I spoke to you, at the end I said that I will have Dr. Caroline Leaf, who is a communication pathologist and a cognitive neuroscientist. She wrote six books on the subject of the brain function, wellness, and communication. I was really looking forward to this interview. We couldn't make her come for a live interview, so we decided to pre-record it on Monday, and guess what? I screwed up. I still thought of somehow uh, interviewing her on Tuesday. I didn't call on Monday, ta, 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 before I know. On Monday, suddenly, I'm, I'm sending them a message to confirm the interview uh, on Tuesday, and they suddenly write to me and show me that actually we, in our text back and forth, we agreed that it would be on Monday. <laughs> now, why am I telling you about this? I tell you why. Uh, because I want to share with you uh, how I dealt with this stressful situation. And the reason I want to share it with you is because, you know, that's my job to teach about uh, everyday life and how to do your best uh, in your life, how to deal with stressful situations. I think two times out of 52 shows, that I had. So far, I spoke about stress. So I want to, to share with you how I dealt with this stress, meaning I suddenly realized that I screwed up. And unfortunately, a lot of people when they make mistakes, and including me when I was younger, uh, go into panic mode, feel terrible, feel guilty, feel remorseful, feel anxious. And it was nice for me to see um, after a short while, uh, when I went back and forth with the organizer or um, the representative of Dr. Leaf, um, and we kind of settled the situation, we decided uh, they were gracious enough to say that they will come another time and things like this happen and so on. But the whole, uh, let's say, stress reaction in me lasted probably a minute. 
And I know, I know I've seen so many people who persecute themselves for making mistakes, who judge themselves, call themselves names. And I didn't. And again, I'm telling you that 25 years ago only, maybe I would, I would feel very stressed and very angry with myself, disappointed and think negative thoughts after, even after the situation was resolved. But what happened is uh, I pretty much did what I shared with you once when I spoke about stress. First, you recognize what's the damage, what is happening. You, in your mind, state clearly what has happened. And then what is the worst thing? That's the first question you ask. What is the worst thing that can happen out of the situation? And that's exactly what I asked. That's before I called, um, because we were actually sending uh, each other emails. Before I called the representative of Dr. Leaf, I said, what is the worst thing that can happen? And the answer was, you know, um, they will decide I'm not a reliable guy. It's not worth of their time and, and they don't want to talk to me or they don't want uh, to come for the show and so on, for the next show. Which is, I said, fine, you know, I will, if they're good people, Dr. Leaf is a very interesting doctor, but, you know, things happen. Uh, remember Forrest Gump? That was a fantastic movie. He said a beautiful little sentence, shit happens. And it always does. Things happen like this. And it happened with me. And I said, okay, so I will lose one person, unfortunately. And I did a little disservice because Dr. Leaf is a quite a busy person. And I kind of asked her to allocate an hour of her time. <laughs> That's it. You know, things like this happen. I apologized in my mind. I apologized in writing. And that was over. So, but basically the first question is what, what's the worst thing that can happen? As you say, as you heard, I acknowledged the worst thing is not the end of life. And then the second step is you resign to living with it. And I, again, I accept it. Yeah, that will be the consequence. You know, um, Dr. Leaf will think and her representative that I'm not a reliable person and they drop me. Okay. And then the third step, is after you resigned, you decided that you will live with it. The third step is you do everything you can to prevent the worst from happening. Uh, and I wrote a very nice apologetic um, email and called, and this is it. And it will be corrected. Hopefully we'll have Dr. Leaf in January for an interview. And that's all. That's all I wanted to share with you. Uh, in the hope that that those of you, and I know not everyone freaks out when they make a mistake and every, not everyone becomes abusive with oneself, but I know from my practice, my clinical practice, that some people do. And my hope is that you become more tolerant and forgiving with yourself. But these blunders don't happen very often. You know, you know me already for a year. Uh, but it happened for the first time and, and I think I had interviewed uh, already, oh, I think, 18 or 19 people. And this is the first time I screwed up. Okay, that happened. This is it. So this is about stress. Before we start, uh, I want again to remind those of you who would like to write 
to me. And if you don't have my email address, it is drpeterresnik at gmail.com. D-R-P-E-T-E-R-R-E-Z-N-I-K at gmail.com. Uh, you can always also visit my website, drpeterresnik.com. And if you want to call during this show, and I hope you do, uh, with your comments and or questions, you can do it as well. Uh, the number is 888-874-4888. Uh, since I don't have a guest today, I will be talking again. And I will, by the way, I'm not talking from my home in New York City. I am in Florida, and I have been in Florida for the last month. So actually, I, I wanted to share with you a couple of things uh, that I think may be interesting. Uh, and some I will share with you today, and some I will share with you two weeks from now. I will keep you a little bit in suspense. And that is why I spent this month uh, in Florida. Um, not, it wasn't a trip just for fun to relax under the sun, even though I have to tell you, those of you who are now back to New York or in colder areas, it's, I think it's 47, 48 degrees in New York. Here it's 982, um, sunny, nice and pleasant. But I didn't come here just to relax and enjoy my sister's company, but for another reason. And I will share that with you two weeks from now. A week from now, we'll have a wonderful, wonderful guest. Uh, maybe you know, you heard about a disorder called SAD, S-A-D, Seasonal Affective Disorder. And this is Dr. Norman Rosenthal, from, uh, a psychiatrist from South Africa, who first coined this term and describe the condition. So, and hopefully <laughs> nothing will get screwed up next week and he will be my guest. But two weeks from now, again, I will be talking and I am excited to share with you some discoveries that I made during this month. Uh, this week, I can only tell you that, uh, that my next my, my last book is coming up, um, or how do you call it? It is going to be available for sale. My son, Aaron, who is running my whole business and uh, telling me what to do in terms of a business part of my uh, practice, he told me, just mention it. Uh, and the next week, just before my interview with Dr. Rosenthal, I will give a whole five-minute presentation about this upcoming book. I'm excited because the book happened suddenly. It's not the book that I've been telling you and, and that is available still uh, or now only on, as, a, as a series of videos. That is the book, Six Pillars of Well-Being. It's kind of, how do you call it, magnum opus or... or What's the term? It's a big piece of my work where I really share with you the main tools I have and may, uh, to how to live a healthy, balanced life and share with all the techniques uh, and also point out whatever issues people need to work on 
to to be balanced and healthy mentally emotionally and physically but so that that book i've been writing already for a couple of years and it will come out a little later but this book that is coming out this week and i will announce it next week for you uh, it just happened suddenly uh, and happened within a few months it's a short book and yet i'm excited about it and it's quite an interesting book so here i gave you a little tease so next how do you call they call it in in, in old times they used to say uh, publish a little piece of a story and say then read it and then read continuation in the next issue so that's what i'm doing now anyway what do we do today i will do what we did last week have an open floor anyone can call and ask a health related question remember Remember, my, my specialty is mind-body integrative therapy. That is, I work with people who deal with uh, mental, emotional challenges, but also uh, with people who have physical illnesses, helping them to understand the meaning of the problem and possibly address, uh, address the problem in a holistic way, including teaching specific tools how to alleviate symptoms, whether it's a headache, constipation or tumor um, so you are absolutely welcome to call um, I really welcome you calling and um, sharing if, if you feel comfortable if you don't you still you're welcome to write me an email but the benefit is um, if you call now if you call I will work with you on air and uh, you will benefit from it and our audience also will benefit because um, I, I use that all the tools that I know and my goal is uh, to be helpful to you. And you probably notice now when we have callers, I am totally committed to attending whatever issues they present. And yet, I'm still remembering it's a, it's a show and people have to be interested and I'm kind of committed to make uh, the show interesting to you. Also, you can call and always, always you can call and share with your night dreams. Because as I told you in the past, this is probably the most important body of knowledge that I use and that I teach. Uh, imagine that you have an opportunity to have at your disposal every morning the best therapist in the world who knows you very well, uh, who loves you, cares about you, and has only one purpose uh, for being, and that is being at your service, and that is your night dream. So night dreams really uh, God's gift, or call it nature's gift, whatever is comfortable for you. So please feel free to call me uh, right now. If you call, I will stop talking. I'm talking only because I don't want the silence, you know, to be here. And not that the silence, by the way, is bad. Uh, you know, what comes to me is King Solomon said, I had great teachers in my life, but the greatest of them all is silence. So it is from the silence that we learn a lot. In fact, 
silence or the Greeks called it the darkness. You know, the word for darkness in Greek is saker. Uh, that's where our word sacred comes from. So from the darkness, from the unknown comes the mundane, the, what they call, uh, Greeks call profanus or profane. So everyday reality comes from that invisible unknown reality. So, um, as I said, I will, I will interrupt myself regardless of what I'm talking about. And I will take your phone call if you want with your questions. And if you want some guidance or encouragement, for example, if you deal with, let's say, anxiety, this is a most common issue. You're welcome to call or if um, I, I got like actually a couple of calls and I, I don't really take new patients now or clients. I refer them to my students. So, but I got a couple of calls. Dr. Resnick, you have Michelle from New York on line one. Absolutely. I will take the call. Michelle, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling. I'm happy you called. Please tell us what what you want to share or you have quite a question. Uh, yes, please. Um, I'd love to share and I have a question. So, I find myself an empty nester. Uh, my son has recently moved out, um, which I'm happy. He's 25. He's a great job. He's moved to another borough, living with roommates, and uh, roommates that he also had went to college with. So he's familiar with them, and you know our families know each other, so I feel comfortable with him being in this arrangement and his growth. Um, however, I'm left feeling kind of like, and I think a lot of women, especially if you're uh, parenting alone, um, kind of struggle with, okay, now what do I do, right? The feelings of loneliness, yeah. uh, being alone. Um, um, the, only, the closest thing I can describe it to is a death, right? It's like someone was there every day for 25 years and now they're gone, right? And there's nothing to really fill that void. So I find myself filling my life with busy stuff, right? Because I hyper-focus so much on parenting um, to get him to this point of independence. I did, really didn't prepare myself for um, now the position I find myself in, which is, okay, now, who am I? <laughs> you know, what, what, what do I like to eat? You know, I, I go to the grocery store and I get stuff that he likes. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wait a minute, I don't even like this stuff. Why am I? You know, after even just as simple as a grocery list, I have to, you know, take an inventory mm -hmm. and relook at. Um, so, and I'm sure I'm probably not alone in this. So, what tips or tools can you provide that would be helpful for parents, especially those parenting alone, to transition in a healthy way without filling your life with stuff that's not meaningful, but just because you need something to keep you busy? You know, like whether it's watching TV or, you know, I don't want to fill my life with that kind of stuff. Yes, um, so yes. just looking Michelle, for some tips in that area. Yeah, Michelle, thank you so much for bringing up this issue. You know, I spoke about many, many issues and many uh, challenges that people face with come to my mind sometimes. So people call with different issues, Michelle, but n nobody, nobody called 
or I don't think that I had to deal much with this issue. So I'm so happy that you called. I, I'm sorry that you are dealing with this, but it's a, I would say it's a very common um, challenge that is that didn't get enough attention. So, so thank you so much for actually making this call. And let me try to answer the question, what do you do? Um, let's go with chronology. And unfortunately, you are now in the middle of the issue. So I will get back to the issue that you are dealing with, but let's go back to the beginning. And that is, the beginning is knowing when you are dealing, when you are raising a young children, knowing that you have to have your own show running. That is, you are, you know, I'm also a parent uh, and very involved parent. And we, but at the same time, we all have to know that we have our own journey. And the journey of our children must not become our journey. It's where to facilitate their journey, to provide them with tools to encourage them, to help them to survive. But it cannot be the sole meaning for our life. So I am addressing now those who have younger children. You have to run your own show and uh, to have something meaningful, to have something that you will do after the children are gone. Uh, gone meaning gone from your home. It's so interesting that you said it's like death. Suddenly there is there is this emptiness. There is, and you're going through grief, and you're going through sadness, and, and the feeling of abandonment, of being abandoned, um, because I, I, Michelle, I think you were not prepared. Is, am I right? It did it come exactly. suddenly as a as a surprise for you? Yeah, it, it, no, uh, you're absolutely right. I did not prepare. Um, I did not prepare for this moment. I was you, so hyper-focused yeah. on preparing him for life that I forgot right, to prepare right. me. Yeah, for... yeah, 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 yeah. You see, and the more loving, the more attentive, the more giving you are, the more it is, it is a shock. No one to give to. Right. Giving is the most fulfilling act that a human being can experience. Uh, and, and so you feel full. You feel the rich when you give. Even if you get angry with your children sometimes, and you're disappointed by them sometimes, and all this happens with tension, stresses, and yet you are in a flow of giving, and that's beautiful. Uh, but... So you're fulfilled, and suddenly there is no one to give on a, on a daily basis. You, I'm sure you keep in touch with your child, and you're still supportive and loving, but he is not physically there with you, and there is this feeling of emptiness. We, I will, I, I'm not forgetting. I, I am committed to uh, seeking for tools to, to share with you, but I still want to stay a little bit on... Uh, those who have younger children. Uh, not everyone has clarity about the meaning or the purpose. 
in, fa in fact, like a couple of months ago, and after that, two more times, a wonderful lady, Carol, from Brooklyn called and asked, how do you find purpose in life? And since she asked this question, it's not that, you know, people, thousands and millions of people ask this question, but because she asked it uh, by just calling in, I, I she triggered something in me. She, she made me think, how do it's, I, I, I thankfully, I found purpose. I find what I do being very, being, being very meaningful. But how do you help people to find purpose? How to, to find meaning? My, my advice is, if you don't have the purpose or meaning, finding purpose is meaning. Finding meaning is meaning. So begin to search, begin to explore. Now on internet, uh, you can think of thousands of different professions you can print, uh, type in professions and it will give you or endeavors or whatever people do and something suddenly clicks and you uh, you feel I'm on the right path. Maybe I should explore this. Maybe I should explore that. Explore. The worst is indecision. The worst is stagnation. Remember, life is a river. It's flowing and we have to move with life. And what happens if, if the river stops flowing? Let's say um, there is no, the river, even the lake, the water comes in, the water comes out, and the lake is healthy. But if suddenly the water stops coming out uh, and, and coming in, it becomes a swamp. That's it, and it breeds bacteria. So we have to constantly keep moving. And, and if we don't know what direction to move, so we have to make a commitment uh, to keep searching. And eventually we do come up. And the, a little hint, um, you know what to look for by looking at what problems you have uh, continuously in your life. If you, the, the problems, the challenges are, are repetitive, then this is what you came to correct in your life. That's your focus. That's a correction that you made, uh, you have to make. Um, so that's for those who, who are raising their children. They have to focus on also something that is meaningful to them, not only raising their children. Now, now with, with Michelle, what do you do? You... Number one is um, finding peace within Michelle. And I'm not suggesting that you're not in peace, that you live in anxiety. But I do find that a lot of people who have this emptiness syndrome do feel anxious. I don't know if you want to share with, with us, Michelle, whether you, like when, when the evening comes, uh, or you feel lonely, if you feel depressed, what is more prevalent? Is it like feelings of depression or feeling of, of anxiety? Um, so I think that it's, it's a little bit of both, but more so um, depression, less anxiety and a little more depression, um, because combined with that happening, the global phenomenon of a pandemic where I now work from home, <laughs> 
right? So I have no interaction um, with the outside world. If I was still going to work, then I could find a little bit more fulfillment in, you know, just being social in social settings with other people. But working from home now compounded the uh, situation. And uh, so I, I find myself when I log off my computer at the end of the day, you know, five, six o'clock, I'm, 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 yeah. I feel myself almost not looking forward to that, right? Because at least I have work to kind of fill me up during those hours. And so I start to feel a little sad, like, wow, you know, what do I do now, right? Um, And I don't want to call, you know, I I find myself calling people and kind of talking to them, but they can't really relate in a way as as much as they try to be supportive and understanding, but they've got their own lives, their own stuff going on. It's kind of like, you know, you've got to figure it out for yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally understand. I totally understand what you're saying, Michelle. Uh, here are a couple of ideas. Number one, uh, I want to teach you a, a technique. Before, I, I have a couple of ideas about getting engaged with people, even though uh, there is this pandemic and we can do it through forums. But in fact, actually, I belong to two study groups that where I take classes. I, I, you know, I teach a course to professionals and in learning at doctors, psychologists, physicians to how to do what what I do in my work. But also, I belong to two forums: one psychological and one spiritual. Where once a week I join uh, through Skype. And we have discussions. So that's that's uh, you choose the subject that is interesting to you. And I, there are many, many. I'm certain there are many forms you could join. But before you go to that, I want to teach you a little technique. I don't know if you're familiar. If you ever did yoga, uh, Michelle, did you ever do yoga? Yes, I have. Okay, so that's good. Then, then you're familiar. It will be easy for you and for everyone, my my dear audience. If anyone feels uh, kind of sad, depressed, uh, I will share with you now a technique. It's a it's a technique from yoga, and the only way you will know whether this technique is helpful is if you really do it. And you do it the moment you feel that feeling of sadness. It's very important not to go into the content in your mind of what makes you sad, why you feel sad. But the worst, of course, is punishing yourself and blaming yourself and saying, come on, snap out of it. Uh, Stop worrying, stop being sad. Look, people are somewhere dying and starving. I'm sorry, one second. I will close the window because there is, I don't know, something, lawn mowing or whatever. One second. Okay, I hope it's better now. So, do not try to rationalize yourself out of depression. Do not try to use logic. It doesn't work. Remember, and yogis, yogis understood it well. Uh, any feeling, any emotion is also a physical event. 
and when you engage the body, uh, the the feeling subsides, any negative feeling. So I will teach you now uh, a, a very elegant technique. Now, are you sitting in a chair, Michelle, or you're standing, or where are you? I'm sitting in a chair. Right. Do you have arms? Does the chair... I'm sorry, <laughs> what a ridiculous question. I'm sorry. Do you, <laughs> does your chair have arms? <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Very, very good. So what I want you to do, Michelle, look straight. Come, keep your face totally straight. Rest your left hand on your thigh, but your right hand goes, you put your elbow on the arm of the chair with your palm straight up. Are you doing it? Yes, I am. Okay. No, but you are looking straight. You see now the palm of your right hand only with your peripheral vision, correct? Correct. Okay, make sure that you keep your hand, head straight, but now turn your eyes all the way to the right. Keep them wide open, do not turn your head. Keep them wide open and stare, if not at the palm, at least at the fingers of your right hand. Keep staring okay. and breathe normally. Now you can start breathing a little deeper, deeper inhalations and slower exhalations, but keep staring at the right side. If your eyes get tired or uncomfortable or begin to water, then you can tell me and stop. Otherwise, at least for a minute you want to stare at the right side at your palm or your fingers. Without blinking? Don't blink? If you can. If you have to blink, you blink, but better not. Are you staring? Yes. Good. Keep staring. Okay, now a minute passed. You can now, your face is still straight. Your right hand goes on your thigh. And now your left hand goes uh, up on the left side, on the arm of, uh, uh, on the left side of the armchair. And now as you look, as your face is straight, you turn your eyes all the way to the left. And you look at your left palm or the fingers of your left hand. Possibly without blinking, keep staring. Okay. And, and keep breathing. Slow inhalations and much slower exhalations. And we'll do it for one more minute.
okay, you can stop now. Michelle, I'm not asking you to uh, if if you feel any different, because since you made the call, you're probably already excited and you're probably not so depressed at this moment. So you will feel that I just wanted to give you a chance to experience how to do it. But you will, the more uncomfortable you feel, the more uh, the more impact you will feel from this exercise. So when people, when you finish your work, and you know usually this happens, when you finish your work, suddenly you feel like, uh-uh, here I go, now I'm all alone. Instead right. of thinking, have your thoughts, you sit down and you go like this. You already know, you experienced it, you stare to the right side, you stare to the left side, remember your face must be uh, looking straight and a minute on the right on a minute on the left and after that you close your eyes you rest your arms on the armchair and then you begin to breathe slowly breathe in in your mind on the count of five six breathe out on the approximately count of ten you don't need to Are count. my palms facing upward or are my palms no, down? No, no, no. Then you rest your arms on the arms of the chair. So, and you take nine, ten breaths like this, inhaling slowly, exhaling even slower. And then after that, you will see how you feel. Uh, it's a very good technique. I recommended it to a number of people uh, and um, I learned it from my sister because she is a, a wonderful yoga teacher. So I'm actually in a yoga boot camp now. <laughs> I've been with my, my sister for a month and she teaches me also on, on Skype uh, when I'm not in Florida. Anyway, it's a really, I learned it from her and, and she's really a master. Studied, she studied actually with an Indian uh, man who was 102 years old and did um in incredible things. She started studying with him when, when he was 102. I don't know. She studied with him for years. So, but that was a long time ago. Now she's a teacher herself. So, this is a, a very good technique if you feel some, somewhat depressed. After and how that, long did I do that technique for? How you many you do it for as long as you need. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, for, for, for weeks, for months, uh, while you are, one, searching for uh, some kind of group, discussion group. If you are a reader, you can uh, join a reader's group. In fact, I joined the group. I, I, uh, I, am, I love this writer, Wilbur Smith. You know, I read a lot of professional literature. But uh, Wilbur Smith is a writer from South Africa. Uh, he's an incredible, he wrote 48 books. I already read his 15 of them. And he's such an incredible writer because he not, doesn't only write, for example, if he writes about Egypt, he does so such deep research on Egyptian culture that, you know, if you go on Internet and search uh, info, for information about Egypt, you won't find more than you find in Wilbur Smith's book. The same thing when he, if he writes about a military, if he writes about uh, 
pharaohs uh, or a war between um, south between the um, uh, G Germans and uh, I'm talking about the, uh, no, not Germans the Netherlands people from Netherlands and people from England for South Africa and the, the tension the Boers war it's incredible you I, I tested it like I would go on the internet and read like is it really so detailed if it does he know so much about history and he does so like for me now, Wilbur Smith is passion. So I, I joined the group uh, and I uh, talk to people who read his books. So if you like reading, if you like uh, discussion, discussing movies, you can join a group talking about movies. There, are, there, is, there is so much available now uh, because unfortunately, again, many people feel kind of disjointed because of Corona. That's true. Uh, and finally, the bigger issue, not just joining a club, but thinking what is the most meaningful thing for you today beyond uh, your relationship with your child. That is, if you are willing to ask a question, and it's a spiritual question, what is, what is the purpose of my life? Why did I come here? That's, of course, if you accept that there is meaning to our life, and that, that life is purposeful. Uh, I believe that is. That's why I am suggesting this. And uh, if you are not clear, maybe now is the best time because the child is out of the nest. You're by yourself. You can either feel uh, lonely, and that is feeling depressed and feeling not wanted or not needed, feeling uncomfortable, feeling unhappy, or you can feel alone. Alone literally means all one, all one. And it's an art to learn to be alone. That is to be uh, united with all parts of yourself. And the only way you can unite with all parts of yourself is if you know yourself. So, uh, and knowing yourself is also knowing what you're here for. So this is kind of um, guidance for you, what to focus on. And if you think after this show is over, if you think about what I said and you find something useful in what I said, I would be more than happy if you would call two weeks from now when I have again an open floor and share with us what you came to and if you use the tools I provided the yoga tools, and if they were useful. Okay, Michelle? Absolutely. I will... Okay. <coughs> Sorry. I will yeah, take a little yes. What do you want to say? <coughs> Sorry, I was trying to talk and swallow at the same time. No, I, I, I so appreciate um, the guidance you've provided today. Um, this was huge for me um, because a big part of the challenge was not just wanting to fill my life with stuff, to take yeah, up I, time, yeah. right? Yeah. Half time. Yeah. I didn't want that to happen. So this points me inward, which is really where, where I should be looking 
Yes. I mean, it's like oh, a light I'm bulb so went off when you said that. Yes, you got it. I'm so happy you got it. I'm so happy. Yes. <laughs> you know, we all, I'm 67 years old, and you would think that I have, like, you know, I, I, and I teach people, I worked with people for 43 years, and you would think that I have all the answers, but I don't. And believe it or not, I struggle with some um, questions that people, some people already answered for themselves. And, and, uh, and I answered other challenges and questions that some people uh, didn't yet. But we are all in the same boat. Just remember, whatever insecurities, problems, challenges you encountered, I encountered. We are very much alike, all of us. People think when they are lonely uh, and when they are isolated, they feel, oh, look, all these people, particularly now on Internet and television, you see people smiling on Facebook. Everybody is happy. I'm the only miserable person. No. No, we're all in the same boat. I never met a person who didn't deal with challenges. That the challenges that I dealt with, or I am only dealing now with, and they already conquered it, overcame it. Michelle, thank you, thank you so much for calling, and I'm looking forward to you calling two weeks from now again. Okay? You be well, Michelle. Okay. Uh, do we have another caller? If we don't, yes, now... we do. We do have D. 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 Yes, I am ready for D. Hello. Hi. D. Hello. Hi. How are you today? I am good. I am good. I'm excited to hear you. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy you called. Where are you from, D? Oh, I'm from uh, I'm from the Connecticut area. Oh, okay. Do you, um, please tell us what your question is or your comment. Thank you for calling okay. again. Okay, you can hear me. You hear me clearly. Very well. Yes. Okay, so um, I have two questions. I'm going to ask you. I yes. am interested in the concept of the face reading that you talk about, the face mapping. Yes. I, I, that was yes. one question, but the the bigger question is. Um, I have what is called tinnitus, which is like the ringing either in my head or my ears. Yes, and yes. I was wondering if you had some kind of holistic approach to handling it. It's a, it's a bit annoying. It's more annoying at night than it is during the day. How, how long um, you had this tinnitus? I would say, um, I would say maybe um, a couple of years or maybe at least two years. And how, if you don't mind, how old are you? I'm 71. Uh, wow. So, so D, you, you just got it. You sound like a 30-year-old woman. Your voice sounds so young. It's oh, kind of thank surprising. thank you so very much. <laughs> you are 71. Wow. God bless uh -huh, you. Thank you. Thank um, you so much. So, so that it means it's a new phenomenon. Uh, that yes. makes me, uh -huh. I, I have a number of people having tinnitus, um, but usually it starts at much younger age. From, from my experience, I'm not a specialist. I didn't have to work with many people who had tinnitus, so probably there are specialists, uh, there uh -huh. are, um, how do you call them, audiologists, or what's the name of the doctor who deals with your hearing? Audiologist, right? Did you it's, consult uh, doctor? 
Uh, actually, actually, I do have an appointment. I would I, let me let me say this. I would say about um, maybe about ten year ten years ago, I had it, and uh, and I went and I got. Um, I think they gave me like a a set of uh, a series of steroids, and then it seemed to have gone away, but it just came back again, probably in the last couple of years. And, and the good thing, even though I'm seventy, even though I'm seventy-one, I'll be seventy-two next month. I take no medication, so I'm very healthy. I love your program; it's very informational. I listen to, listen to Gary every single day. I'm vegetarian, so I'm doing all the things necessary to be healthy. Um, yes. I just have this this issue. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, if you say that you. Ten years ago, you went to see a doctor, and the doctor did something, and it worked. I'm surprised that you didn't do the same thing one, two years ago, when it happened again. Well, you know what? I don't take any medication, and I was I was trying to avoid medication, and um, but uh, you know, as I go to sleep and I listen to the ringing, it, it's annoying. So I just decided I better you know check into it and, and go have something done this time again. A while ago, I, I gave somebody an exercise for, actually, I gave two people, they, they, surprisingly, you know, nobody called me with tinnitus, but uh, then suddenly, within two weeks, two people called me with the problem. Okay. <clears throat> and since I am, I am not, uh, it's not an issue that requires any therapy. Uh, I simply spent with, with them five minutes on the phone. I didn't charge them money. I just um, taught them the technique. And I said, okay, let me know if it works. Uh, and I told it to one person, and, and I asked them to call me and let me know after a week if it worked. And the person called and said, no, this technique did not work. Okay. Um, and then I, another person called, and I told that person, you know, here is the technique. See if it works. And the, the 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 ringing disappeared. So I can okay. tell you it, that's within you know maybe a couple of years ago. That's that's what happened because it's not often that people call me um, with a problem. But for a moment before I teach you the technique, I want you to think of the, you. You said that you are listening to my shows, so you know that I see any problem, physical or mental, emotional. Uh, as a message. Mm-hmm. So, okay. uh, for example, if, uh, uh, let's say, a, a woman has uh, breast cancer, so the breast is about nourishment. So there is a meaning, there is an issue uh, about uh, nourishment in this woman's life, and I've found it to being totally true. So then let's look at what is, what's ringing in your ear. What mm-hmm. is ringing? What, what does it do to you? Well, um, it, I guess really at, uh, it's in the evening when things are quiet that I hear it the most. It really doesn't do anything to me. I try to, um, um, well, I guess number one, I'm, I'm bearing it, <laughs> you know. No, no, um, no, no. But what, it does something negative, otherwise you wouldn't want to get rid of it. What I mean is, does it, uh, does it annoy you? Well, uh, I, I, I did. Yeah, I did say it's annoying. It, it, it is annoying. It's an annoying sound. It sounds like a television that's that's fuzzy, 
you know, with no no real voice, but just a well, muffled sound. So I'm trying to see uh, if there is something, uh, if there is correlation between you being irritated and not liking to hear things in 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 the outside from the outside world that somehow is reflected in in this uh, annoying sound in your ears you see what i'm saying i i'm just yes, dropping okay. this idea and i want you to consider this as mm -hmm, i but mm -hmm. first of course i want to give you the the exercise okay. um, you will be doing the exercise just before the evening comes let's say okay. at four or five o'clock in the afternoon you do mm -hmm. it every every hour and see if it helps but meanwhile i want you to consider what is it that is annoying to you what is it that you are not comfortable with hearing and you will say what if i discover something i'm not comfortable with what do i do with it well you learn to accept that life is and people are people have their right to have their own opinion you don't have to agree with them but you have to accept that there are different sounds, different opinions, different ideas in the world, and it's all okay to have them around you. But this is just a thought. I do, we, we have not too much time, so let me do the exercise with you, okay? okay. Close your uh -huh. eyes. Mm -hmm. Close your eyes. And think or imagine in any way you can, with your right hand, you extend your right hand and reach for the sun and take one beam of sun in any way it comes to you and see it as a golden thread now. See it as a shimmering thread of light and put it, th mm -hmm. through, your, put it through your right ear and see it coming out of the left ear. And then begin to kind of clean up, like you know the way you um, dry yourself with a towel if you have two sides and you go shook, 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 shook. Right? Mm -hmm. So you yeah. pull the right side, pull the left side. Make it, uh -huh. make a sound. Hear the sound now of the light running between both of your ears. Uh -huh. And now okay. pull out the light, take a breath in, and don't do it physically, but hear yourself singing. Uh, and hear the sound uh, uh, flowing mm -hmm. out of both of your ears. Okay. Then open your eyes. Mm -hmm. Okay. When, when you called, did you have the, he uh, the buzzing? Did you have the tinnitus? Um, uh, faintly, I can say yes. And, and did it have any impact on you right now or not? Open your mouth for a moment. Uh-huh, okay. Do you hear the buzzing? Just a bit, I do. So so there was zero change or, or maybe 10% better? Maybe just a bit better. Yeah, look, look, if there is zero zero change then it doesn't make sense for you to continue if you notice even five percent you have to you know mm -hmm. you're on the air i don't know if you're comfortable saying peter didn't help 
uh, it's okay. I'm not attached to the outcome. I hope it works for you, but I, I, it's not in my hands. So uh -huh. if you know even the slightest change, gee, I suggest that you do it. You do it after we hang up and you do it every hour till you go okay. to sleep. The same exercise. Okay. But if it didn't okay. help at all, then it, it's not for you. Because usually the indication is when the first time it works, even a little bit, then it will get better and better. But if it, mm -hmm. it produces zero results, then I'm sorry. But still, you have to answer the question. Remember, I brought up a question. What is it out there that is irritating to you to, for, right. to hear? You right, understand? Right. I understand. And yes. hopefully you can, you can answer it. And uh, again, two weeks from now, I will be taking calls. You're welcome to call and give us uh, your feedback, whether or not it was useful on, on both levels. By the way, I, I realize I didn't speak about, about face reading. You're welcome to come to call next, uh, not next, two weeks from now and bring it up oh. again. And I will gladly talk to you about face reading. Okay? <laughs> Okay, I appreciate it. I appreciate it very okay. much. Thank you. D, thank you very much for calling. And ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, <laughs> uh, time runs fast when you're having fun. It's now 2.57, and it's time for me to wrap up this show. I'm, I don't know how you feel uh, about us going into these uh, talks, but I love it. I love trying to help people um, during this show. So please um, write to me. Write to me, please, if you do want me to continue this, doing this open floor questions uh, and answers, um, or you don't, if you don't, uh, I will be happy to hear from you as well. And uh, for now, I have to say goodbye to you. I hope you will be with me next week. As I said, I will be interviewing Dr. Um, Norman Rosenthal, a psychiatrist, a world-known psychiatrist. He's from South Africa, but he uh, now um, lives in America. And I wish you all well. I wish you a wonderful week. Peace to all who want to live in peace. <laughs>